Hi, I'm your host Savina and welcome to the very first episode of The Sinister Subcontinent, the haunted home of South Asian horror. Insert evil laugh, but it's too embarrassed to do the evil laugh, but maybe that will come with time. Welcome again to my brand spanking new podcast, The Sinister Subcontinent, where I'll be bringing you some of the spookiest stories from all around India, Pakistan, Bangladesh and Nepal. Well, pretty much anywhere in South of Asia. And just as a disclaimer, my geography isn't that good, so there might be some wild cards in there. Before we get any further into today's podcast, I just want to take a couple of minutes to tell you about something that's really important to me, me. My name's Safina and I'm a 20-something-year-old Scottish-Pakistani who has a weird obsession with anything paranormal or true crime. Have you seen that meme? It says, no normal person sits down in their room and starts watching horror movies alone. Yeah, that's me. And anyone who knows me will know that is quite literally me. A few people have asked me what made me want to do this. And the answer is, I just love this stuff. I've been inspired by all the true crime and paranormal podcasts that I listen to and decided to add a little bit of spice, quite literally. And from there came the sinister subcontinent. The podcast will tell you tales of paranormal activity going on, true crime incidents that have occurred, and my favourite part, real life stories. I live for this stuff. P.S. I have a little play to do with real life stories that will be coming at the end of the episode. To kickstart the podcast, I've been looking into some super haunted hotspots in India and Pakistan. And instead of focusing one whole episode on that, you know, good things come in small podcasts, I've decided to split it into smaller parts with one episode focusing on two to three locations. So the first batch of episodes will alternate between haunted hotspots and real life stories. Further down the line, perhaps alternating between true crime episodes and real life stories. I honestly have so many thoughts and ideas and I'm so excited to put them together and put them out there to be enjoyed by everyone else. Well, hopefully. Last thing before we get into it, I just want to say a big, big thank you to everyone that has shown love and support to the podcast so far. The immense support that I've received means the world to me, and I hope this wee poddy lives up to the expectations of you all. I'd also just like to say a big thank you to my husband for all the support that he's shown in the run-up to launching this podcast. He's put up with my nonsense, listened to multiple versions of episode one, and been brutally honest when he's had to. So, if there's anything that you like about this episode, you can probably thank him in his page and a half of review notes. Today's episode, we'll be looking at two haunted locations in Pakistan. Before we get into the content of the episodes, I'll be doing a short review of something within the horror genre. Movie, series, that kind of thing. It won't always be a South Asian movie or series, but given this is the first episode of The Sinister Subcontinent, it only felt right to do so. So after much scrolling, checking IMDb scores, Rotten Tomato percentages... The other half and I decided to watch a 2017 Tamil remake of The House Next Door called Aval, or Aval, I'm not sure on the pronunciation. It was available on Netflix at the time, but I think it was only available until the 1st of January. I'll keep the start spoiler free with a quick overview of the movie. It's a 6.7 on IMDb and 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Granted, there are only 7 reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. The movie is based on a young couple, Krish and Lakshmi living in the Himalayas that get some new neighbours moving in next door. They attend a housewarming party at the new neighbour's house and some weird occurrences start to happen. There will be some spoilers in the next section, so if you don't want that, then I'd skip forward a minute or two. So back to the housewarming party. 
The neighbour's daughter, Jenny, falls in a well and Chris jumps in to save her. After this specific incident, Jenny starts seeing apparitions and behaving a bit strangely. So they take her for a CT after the accident, which comes back normal and the family blame her strange behaviour on the evil eye. Bit of a lol moment given this is a classic South Asian excuse for anything that goes wrong. Things don't get any better so they take her to see a psychiatrist. He does some hypnotherapy and it comes to light that she has a Chinese spirit in her telling her that they need to leave the house. The psychiatrist doesn't believe her and says she's faking it so he asks a local pastor to perform a fake exorcism to prove she's acting. But things start to go a bit awry during this exorcism and it doesn't quite work. The movie progresses and this random shaman shows up who is a bit of a psychic medium and he says that he can communicate with the spirit using sand art. Not one that I've heard of before, but anyway, go with it. He starts doing this and it turns out that the Chinese spirit in Jenny has been trying to protect Jenny and her family by terrorising them and making them leave from an evil Chinese spirit that has actually entered Krish the night he jumped in the well. The Sandman, sorry, the Shaman tells the story that within the house lived a Chinese family around 80 years ago. A mum, a dad and a daughter. The mother was pregnant and the dad was told that if he sacrifices a girl during a total eclipse, his next child will be a son. And I thought only South Asian families were obsessed with having sons. I'm just kidding. That's a whole other issue for a whole other kind of podcast. So then the movie turns to getting this demon out of Krish that is trying to replicate what that dad done all those years ago by using Jenny's little sister in order to get a son out of his pregnant wife. Sorry, get a son out. That sounded a bit weird. Anyway, what did I think about this movie? It did have a good few jump scares in it, which I love, I can't lie. And it did run a pretty interesting storyline. Given the two main characters are the couple, Krish and Lakshmi, it was interesting to see how they actually become relevant to the house next door. Right, the things I didn't like. Let me tell you what I did not like about this. Jenny, aye, she got possessed and that's terrible for her. But the bit I didn't tell you was, Jenny was a wee H-O-E. Miss Jenny, from when she moved in, set her eyes on married Krish and would flirt with him at any given opportunity. Like when Lakshmi invites him round for dinner, she's playing footsie under the table. Which, by the way, the wife did say she didn't even do anything about it. What's that all about? Anyway... As you can tell, I wasn't Jenny's biggest fan, so when she got possessed, I didn't really feel for her. Um, what else did I not like? Some bits of it were funny rather than scary, and I hate that. I want a scary movie to make me cry, not laugh. And the CGI, that was also quite terrible. Given the standard of CGI in Bollywood movies anyway, it was kind of unsurprising. Also, side note, can I just ask, why in movies where a spirit wants to communicate something, like in this one, it wanted the family to leave, instead of throwing people around a room, making weird noises and that. Why can't they just pick up a pen and write, you should probably leave this house because there's this weird evil spirit that's going to use your neighbour to try and kill your youngest daughter so his wife can have a baby boy. I think we would just get to the right place a lot faster. So anyway, I think I'd give it a 2 out of 5. It was alright, it wasn't great. Basically, if it's between this movie and you've got another option, then I'd go with the other option. So in today's episode, I'll be telling you about two haunted hotspots in Pakistan, Lake Sefal Muluk and Mohata Palace. Let's get into it. So starting with Sefal Muluk. Sefal Muluk is a mountainous lake. It's located at the northern end of the Kalgan Valley. So it's pretty far up north in Pakistan. More specifically, it's located in the Masera district of Khyber Pakhtunkhwa, which is a stunning location and a popular tourist destination in Pakistan. Fun little general knowledge fact for you. 
At an elevation of 3,244 foot above sea level, the lake is located above the tree line is one of the highest lakes in Pakistan. So before we get into what makes this place so haunted, I think it's worthwhile learning about the legend linked to the hauntings. Legend has it that Saif al-Muluk, a prince from Egypt, travelled to Pakistan and fell in love with a fairy princess Badi al-Jamal. He saw her in his dreams and like the wee romantic soul he was, the prince set out in search of his beloved fairy. Along the way he met a holy man. The holy man told him how and where he could find the fairy. He also told him about the hurdles that he will face before he could find and marry Badi al-Jamal because, of course, she was a fairy and he was a human. But... Like they say, love triumphs all right. So after much hardships, the prince eventually reached the lake and found his beautiful fairy princess. I know what you're thinking, Safina, this is a love story. What could possibly be so spooky about this? But give me a minute, we're going to get there. So the prince fell in love with his fairy princess, Badi al-Jamal, and in fact, they were both in love. But like all good love stories, there was a problem. Badi al-Jamal was in fact promised to a demon and so the union between the prince and the princess couldn't go ahead. Mr. Demon, not leaving things to chance, went on to kill the two, and it is believed that the fairies still mourn the death of the prince and princess, and that their cries can be heard at night. Anyone who has ventured to the lake after dark has reported seeing shadows of people wandering around the lake, hearing cries coming from around the area, and balls of light floating above the lake. Whilst it's not so easy to get to Pakistan and have a closer look for myself, I decided to watch an episode of a series called Vokyahoga. This loosely translates to what could that be? I guess it's like the Pakistani equivalent of a most haunted, but in slightly more exotic locations. I will link the episode in the show notes, but just be warned, it's not exactly the easiest thing to watch. So what happens on the team's trip to Lake Sefomali? They start off by wandering around the area and walking deeper and deeper into the area and closer to the lake. Whilst they're on their journey, you can hear some strange noises in the back. But I guess this could be explained away. There's a clip in which you can hear something fall and jump into the water, and when the camera pans round, you can see the ripples in the water. But it could just be a fish, right? There's a lot more of hearing things land in the water, and like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if it was just fish, or perhaps even rocks that have fallen in the water. One of the more memorable moments for me was when the team are standing next to a metal bin, and they hear a really loud bang. The camera then pans round to the bin and you can visibly see it swinging back and forth. Which I guess could also be easily explained away. There are three in the team, so it'd be easy enough for one of them to do something behind the other's back without the camera catching on. Like I said, I'll post a link to the episode in the show notes and also signpost the timing of these incidents as the episodes are pretty long. The swinging bin incident is shortly followed by lots of thumping that can be heard in and around the rowing boats that are tied to the shore. Is the side of a lake even called a shore? I'm not so sure. The team also report that they have seen balls of light floating just above the lake and dipping in and out of the lake. This one, I can't really explain. Maybe it's fireflies. Are they even a thing in Pakistan? I'm just rambling now. So, do give the episode a watch for yourself and you can make up your own mind on whether or not the creepy incidents happening at Lake Sefal Malik are genuinely paranormal. I personally can't decide. Some of the footage was quite creepy, but I feel like it could be explained away. Like I said, there are three people there, and the camera's facing in different directions that might not capture everything that's going on. For me, seeing the place in pitch black darkness was enough to give me the heebie-jeebies, 
You absolutely would not catch me wandering around in that place after sunset. Nah, I'm good. So, next up, our next haunted spot in Pakistan is Mohata Palace. The Mahatta Palace is a new museum located in the Sindh district of Karachi, a city in the southern tip of the country along the Arabian Sea coast. So, a bit of history about the palace. It was built in 1927 and was supposed to be the summer home of a businessman, Shivratan Mohatta. Mohatta commissioned the construction of the palace because of a serious illness that his wife was suffering from. Doctors had told Mohatta that the refreshing winds of the sea could cure his wife's illness, so he got right to it. The palace was built in traditional Rajasthani style where Mahatta was originally from and exhibited domes and terraces. For a brief fact, it was built using stone from Jodhpur, which is a city in the tar desert of the northwest Indian state of Rajasthan and the stone gives it a gorgeous pinky-orange colour. So to create a bit more of an image of the building in question, I want to tell you some more about the structure and the architecture of it. The palace was 18,500 square foot. It had three floors, basement, ground and a first floor. There were five rooms on the ground floor, four large bedrooms on the first, and the terrace featured a temple to the Hindu god Shiva, who is one of the most important gods in Hinduism. It was an elaborate building with lots of intricate details carved into the face of it. Okay, so now you can picture the building, and if you can't, just Google a picture. Let me go back to the history of the building itself. So poor Mr. Mahata was only able to enjoy his palace for two decades, until 1947, when the India-Pakistan partition took place. Quick side note for anyone that might not be aware, in 1947, then India was split into India and Pakistan by the British Empire. It is a really significant part of history for those of Pakistani and Indian heritage, and I really recommend reading up on it if you're not aware of it. Back to Mahatta Palace. So the palace was vacated, and after the partition, it was taken over by the Pakistani government. Under the ownership of the Pakistani government, the building housed the Ministry of Foreign Affairs. In 1964, Fatima Jinnah, the younger sister of Muhammad Ali Jinnah, who is the founding father of Pakistan, moved into the palace and ran her presidential campaign from there. Following her death in 1967, her sister, Shirin Jinnah, moved into the property. She died in 1980 and the palace was sealed off. The palace lay empty and desolate until 1995 when it was purchased by the government of Sindh as a museum for the arts of Pakistan. The Museum of Mahatta formally opened in 1999 and it remains open until this day. Okay, so what's happened there? What makes it so spooky? Individuals who have been there have seen things moving around for themselves, moving from one place to another. In the evenings, people have reported seeing lights going on and off and flickering. Voices have also often been heard. Visitors have said a chilling presence can be felt, with the guards claiming that they believe the palace is haunted by the ghosts from the British Raj. Some workers have also heard sounds of wine glasses clinking and what sounds like huge parties taking place. Whilst it may not be a creepy fact, it is said that there is a secret passage in the building which leads to a tunnel. Mohatta had a tunnel built to allow his Hindu wife to safely travel to the Hindu temple every day. However, the tunnel has since caved in and the exits on either side have been blocked. So, none of the hauntings have actually been verified. So, what actually goes on in the palace? Who knows? Although there are no specific spooky legends linked to the palace or any specific reasons as to why the place might be haunted, there have been multiple accounts like the ones that I've talked about. So, maybe the ghosts of the people that died there are just really mad that it's now a museum and people are just coming in with their shoes on all the time. I know I would be.
I'd be so interested to hear if anyone has ever visited either of these places or have any family in Pakistan that have perhaps visited. If and when I make my next trip to Pakistan, they are definitely on my list of places to visit. Maybe not in the dark though, I'm too much of a scaredy cat for that. So that brings us to the end of today's episode. I really hope you enjoyed the first episode of The Sinister Subcontinent and thank you for tuning in. The next episode, like I said, will feature a real-life listener story. Four friends have a sleepover involving some serious spooky stuff. If you have enjoyed this first episode, please hit the follow button to be notified of the release of episode two. If you would like to submit a story to be read out on the podcast, then head over to the Instagram page, The Sinister Subcontinent, and you can find details on how to do so. Episode two of The Sinister Subcontinent will be released on Monday the 23rd of January. See you there! (laughs) 